Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. Are you really ready for the rapture? What in the world are the locusts found in Revelation 9? And what's the abomination of desolation, and why is that a big deal? We're going to look into the Bible and see if we can figure all this out. I don't want you to miss the rapture. And by the way, I don't really think that anybody who God has on his roster will be left behind. So I want to start in Matthew 24, but that's not the focus I want to focus on. I want to go to Daniel chapter 7, 8, and 9 and see if we can figure out what this abomination of desolation might be and when. And are we really ready? Are we watching for that? Watching for what? The abomination of desolation. Well, what's that? We're going to see if we can find out today on this podcast. So let's start in Matthew 24. And I'll try to go through this as quickly as possible so we can get to the meat of this. And I want to start in uh, verse 4 because we'll skip that first part. Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, saying, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah. They will deceive many. You can actually deceive people by saying Jesus is the Christ? Well, some people can be deceptive even if they point to Jesus as the Savior. But moving along, you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation. Now, this word nation, translated nation, is from the Greek word ethos. Ethos means race. But let's go on. Ethos will go to war against ethos, and kingdom, or government, against government. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts all over the world, many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Oh, you know, no, 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 no. Then we'll be raptured out of here. Why didn't he say that at that juncture? No, he said, you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. We didn't want that. We didn't want to hear that. We didn't want to miss the rapture. The rapture was supposed to get us out of here. Well, it's not going to happen the way they tell us. The way these silly books go, which, by the way, I talked to one of the authors, Jerry Jenkins, face-to-face, and I asked him, did you build this series, the Left Behind series, on fiction or on the Bible? He said, on fiction. 
right off the bat, right off the bat on fiction, which is telling. It's really quite telling. This is not based on the Bible. Verse 10, And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. That sounds terrible. Things will get so bad that Christians will fight against other Christians. That's the way it sounds to me if they betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold as a result, in other words. But, verse 13, Matthew 24, But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom, will, that is, the kingdom of God, will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Now he's going to talk about the abomination of desolation. So let's hear what he has to say, and then we'll turn to the book of Daniel and see. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Then there's a parenthetical statement add-on to this, which says, reader, pay attention. In the Greek here, this reads, the abomination of desolation, not desecration and not a sacrilegious object. It says, the abomination of desolation. Now, I want to take you to the literal translation of Robert Young, Young's Literal Bible. Let's see how he renders that. It's supposed to be more accurate. Well, we'll find out. Matthew 24 and verse 15 in Young's Literal Translation. Whenever, therefore, you see the abomination of desolation that was spoken of through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever is reading excuse me, reading, let him observe. Then those in Judea, let them flee to the mounts, the mountains. And he on the housetop, let him not come down to take anything out of his house. And he in the field, let him not turn back to take his garments. Now let's go back to the NLT for a second. In the Bible, the word abomination is translated in, in better translations as transgression. This is a sin. This is a sin that ends up causing desolation. What is desolation? Well, it's where cities are wiped off the map. It's where people are dead and dying. It's where houses and city blocks are reduced to rubble. Sounds like what's happening in the big cities of America today. That's what this is talking about. Not necessarily about the U.S., but this is what's going to happen all over the world at this time. So it causes this desolation 
But let's move on to verse 16 and see what all this involves. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. In other words, it's so violent and so scary and so deadly dangerous that you've got to run for your life. That's what it sounds like to me. Don't even go, if you're up on the roof repairing the roof, let's say, he says, don't even go down in and pack. No, instead, go with what's on your, your body and run. Get out of there. A person out on the, or out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days and pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath. Well, why not? Why not in the winter? Because if you can't go back inside the house to get a coat because it's too dangerous, you're going to be out in the open, in the mountains, in the hills, in the wilderness, without a coat. That's going to be bad. For there will be greater anguish at that time than any since the world began. (sighs) Wow. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But for the elect's sake, it will be shortened. Well, I'm going to give you my take on what this means. We're going to go to Daniel to help us figure this out. He himself, Jesus himself, said that sin will be rampant everywhere. Well, no wonder the love of many will grow cold. It'll be bad for everybody, neighbor against neighbor. Can you imagine neighborhoods blowing up like that at one another and killing one another and hating one another? persecuting one another and people being arrested, that is, as long as we don't defund the police. No, we need the police to keep law and order. You want to get rid of that? Not me. But what this sounds like to me is this is the trigger for the Great Tribulation. Now let's go to Daniel 12 and see if we can figure out whether my hunch is right or not. Starting in uh, verse 1, At that time, and this is Daniel 12, At that time Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book, that is, the Lamb's Book of Life, I'm surmising, will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, 
Keep this prophecy secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. Unquote. Do you fear God? I think it would be prudent and smart and wise if we all feared the one who can take our lives in a heartbeat if he wants to. After all, he's the owner. He has all the rights. You don't and I don't have rights over even our own lives. And that's just the way things are and the way they have to be in order for God to show his love and power to us and bring us up into his family. It has to be that way. But I want to start in chapter 7 of Daniel and verse 8. As I was looking at the horns, and there, there was a beast that came up out of the sea, remember, and he had ten horns. Well, there was a little horn, and that's what he's talking about here in verse 8. As I was looking at the horn, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. I watched as thrones were put in place and the Ancient One sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow and his hair like the purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Now that is a lot of power. No wonder we should fear him. Millions of angels ministered to him, and many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were opened. I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. The other three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a little while longer. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with clouds, the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient One and was led into his presence. He was given authority and honor and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal and it will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen and my visions terrified me. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained it to me like this. These four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. But in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom 
and they will rule forever and ever. And hopefully that's you and me. Verse 19, then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, the one so different from the others and so terrifying. It had devoured and crushed its victims with iron teeth and bronze claws, trampling their remains beneath its feet. I also ask about the ten horns on the fourth beast's head and the little horn that came up afterward and destroyed three of the other horns. This horn had seemed greater than the others, and it had human eyes and a mouth that was speaking arrogantly and boasting. As I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them until the Ancient One, the Most High, came and judged in favor of his holy people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. Then he said to me, This fourth beast is a fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Its ten horns are ten kings that will rule that empire. Then another king will arise, different from the other ten, who will subdue three of them. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws and will be placed under his control for a time times and half a time. But then the court will pass judgment and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. Then the sovereignty, the power, the greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the people of the Most High God. His kingdom will last forever and all rulers will serve and obey him. And that was the end of the vision. I, Daniel, was terrified by my thoughts. My face grew pale with fear, but I kept all these things to myself. In chapter 8 and verse 8, it says, The goat became very powerful, but at the height of its power, his large horn was broken off. In the large horn's place grew four prominent horns pointing in all four directions of the earth. Then from one of the prominent horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. It extended toward the south and the east and toward the glorious land of Israel. Its power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army, throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. It even challenged the commander of heaven's army. Now that would be Jesus by canceling the daily sacrifices offered to him and by destroying his temple. The army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion. So the daily sacrifice was halted and truth was overthrown or thrown to the ground as other translations have it. The horn succeeded in everything it did. Then I heard two holy ones talking to each other. One of them asked, how long will the events of this vision last? How long will the rebellion that causes desecration stop the daily sacrifices? Now, this is the abomination of desolation. That is the transgression 
the sin that causes desolation. Now, desolation, as I said before, is total destruction. How long will the temple and heaven's armies be trampled on? The other replied, it will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the temple will be made right again. Now let's turn to Revelation chapter 9. I want to point out something here. Starting in verse 1, Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth. Now I believe this is Satan, the devil. Luke ten eighteen. if you want to look it up. He was fallen from the sky and was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and the air turned dark from the smoke. Now, to me, this is going to have very dire ramifications for every human being on planet Earth. Why? Well, because this bottomless pit is just that. It's bottomless, and it's full of something that will burn. Now, it's not wood. It's not even coal. It's oil, in my opinion. Now, where do I get that from? The 34th chapter of Isaiah. Yes, the Lord will offer a sacrifice in the city of Basra, Basra is a city in Iraq, by the way. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom, even as men strong as wild oxen will die, the young men alongside the veterans. The land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat. For it is the day of the Lord's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. Verse 9. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch, and the ground will be covered with fire. His judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will be deserted from generation to generation, and no one will live there anymore. There has to be a catalyst, something to get that started. Well, that's what the abomination of desolation does. Now, why do I think that? You can imagine if the Muslims were to take over the new temple that, that gets built, and there's an altar inside there, and they offer pig's blood on it or something. That's just one scenario. And it might not even be in God's temple. It might be in one of their temples, and they do something that the Jews don't like there, that mocks them or makes fun of them or something like that. Anyway, it starts a war. That war escalates until it drops bombs on the oil fields in Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and all around that area. You know, they don't have water, but they have plenty of oil. And that oil is on top of the ground. It's under pressure and bubbling up out of the ground and forming pools. You catch that on fire, and there's no way to put it out. At least that's my view of this thing. Now, what could be a problem with that? Well, there's lots of problems with it. For example, just one of them is the fact of smoke. 
and the smoke will cover the planet. Because as the world turns and those billows and billows and billows, hundreds of billows of smoke go up, it's black smoke. It's going to darken the sky, according to Jesus in Matthew 24. In verse 29, here's what it says. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then at last, the sign of the Son of Man that he's coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. This isn't a local event. This is worldwide. A disaster, a mega disaster. Millions of people will die over this. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet. And they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. First you'll be arrested and persecuted and killed. And his rescue doesn't show up until after the sun is darkened. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I think we need to take some time to figure out what this abomination might be and when it's going to go off. Are we really looking forward to it or looking for it in the, in the news? Do we know Well, watch the Middle East, watch Jerusalem, and watch the Muslims, especially Erdogan in Turkey. Watch what he does. If I were going to make a prediction about him, I would say that the the seat of Satan, which is now in Berlin, it was moved rock by rock and stone by stone there and rebuilt, It's also going under a uh, remodeling, let's call it. They're dismantling it, and I believe that Erdogan is going to move it to Pergamon, which is the original place of its origin, so that he can perform these rituals that he wants to do in the Muslim world there. Remember Revelation 2.12, which says, To the angel of Pergamon, the church there, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, which was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Well, anyway, you can do research on that, and I suggest you do. But until next time... We'll have to stop there and uh, pick it up again later on. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can learn more. I have all my books there, nothing for sale, no advertisements, and I don't want your email unless you want to email me. So until next time, look into these things. Think about it. It's pretty scary stuff.